Nice to see you. Great. Let's pray. This is the part of our Sunday gathering where we meet together and read the Bible and ask God to speak to us. And so if you're here with a little faith and no faith or a lot of faith, whatever it is that you are here with, I want to promise you God is a good God and his goodness to you will be revealed today because that's what happens every time we read the Bible and we see Jesus through the scriptures. So let's pray together and ask God to speak to us. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the time of sung worship. And we thank you for this time of worship through our giving. Uh, We thank you for the time of worship through engaging with one another. Thank you for the time of worshiping through just reading and thinking and pondering on scripture, on the Bible. Father, because all is worship, we read in your word that whether we eat or drink, we do it all for the glory of God. So we thank you that in all this, this is all part of worship. And I pray that as we come to this part of our worship that we do weekly, we pray this will not be religious, but this will be eye-opening, that our hearts and our eyes and our minds and our understanding will be open in a fresh way to see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, we thank you, things are never the same again. We thank you that diseases bow at the name of Jesus. Depression leaves at the name of Jesus. Clarity comes in the name of Jesus. Momentum happens in the name of Jesus. So we pray today that something about Jesus Jesus will set our lives free and on course to experience your goodness as a reality in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been in the middle of a series that we've been doing on the Holy Spirit, and so this is a continuation of that. And today I want to talk about just the knock-on effects of being on the receiving end of the power or the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We've been discussing that for a couple of weeks now, and I want to just read one verse just as an introduction, and then we are going to be looking at a particular person in the Bible, a lady called Joanna, and then just look at her life and look at how the Holy Spirit changed and affected her life and then we will go from there. So I'm going to start reading from Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, just one verse and then we're going to jump to Luke chapter 8 uh, starting from verse 1 after we do that. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 for starters and we can read that together. So Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. It says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good And healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We see in this story that Jesus, the Son of God, who had no sin in him and made absolutely no mistakes in his life, he was perfect in every way he needed to be anointed. If he needs to be anointed, then you and I need to be anointed. God anointed Jesus with Holy Spirit and power. And when the Holy Spirit and the power of God was anointed and he became anointed, what did he do? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So when Jesus was on earth, before he did anything on earth, any good works on earth, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And that is the difference between a follower of Jesus doing good work 
works and somebody who is not a follower of Jesus doing good works. How many of you know that you don't need to be a Christian to do good things? How many of you have non-Christian friends in your life who do a lot of good things? How many of you know that before you became a Christian, some of you, you did a lot of good? So doing good is not what makes you a Christian. The thing that Jesus did, he did good things, but under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what makes the difference. That's the difference between anybody who is doing good works and a follower of Jesus Christ doing good. And one of the people who was on the receiving end of this, because it says here that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. And after that, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. One of the ladies in the Bible we see who was on the receiving end of, of this doing good, of this healing, of this ministry that Jesus was performing because of the Holy Spirit was a lady called Joanna. And I just want to look at a couple of things regarding her life. We're going to jump to Luke chapter 8 and start reading from verse 1. And this is about the beginning stages of Jesus' ministry and his activity on earth. And he's starting a tour of the cities and the villages around him. And he's taking a team of people with him because he is now anointed by God with the Holy Spirit to go and do this. This is what it says. Soon afterward, Jesus went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. Who was with him? Twelve were with him. These are the twelve apostles or the twelve disciples. Also, some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. One of them, Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. We see here that this Jesus who was anointed by God to go and do good works and heal those who were oppressed and heal infirmities and heal people who had demonic spirits through the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of the people who were on the receiving end of that was a lady called Mary, another lady called Joanna, another lady called Susanna. And these guys started to travel along with Jesus as Jesus went from city to city and from village to village he was with his 12 disciples his 12 apostles but along with them there was this band of of women and men who had all been on the receiving end of healing and deliverance and Holy Spirit activity and they started to tour with Jesus as he went from village to village and city to city now before I talk about Joanna I want to talk about like I said today I want to talk on the knock-on effects of the Holy Spirit how many of you have ever driven in this country and then gone and driven in another country where they drive on the other side of the road? And then it takes a fraction of a second for you to uh, think, oh gosh, I'm not supposed to drive on this side of the road. I'm supposed to drive on the other side of the road. Because even though you can change, it takes a while for your mind to catch up that things have changed. Recently, we moved the position of the fridge in our house. And for the first one week, I kept going back to the old location, even though the fridge's location had changed, because my mind hadn't always caught up with the fact that the location of my fridge had changed. And the Bible calls this process the renewing of our minds, that even though a change has happened on the inside, if that change has to be seen in you, your mind has to be renewed to catch up with everything that's already happened. 
And that's why everybody who says, oh, God has done everything and I don't need to do anything is partly true, but partly not true because your response is not to add to his finished work. Your response is to be in a place where your mind is constantly renewed because if you're not in a place where you're constantly renewing your mind, everything that God has given you on the inside will not come to fruition because maturity happens through your mind going through a renewal process where everything on the inside starts to manifest on the outside. And the way Christians or followers of Jesus Christ can learn how to manifest everything that's on the inside is often by in the Bible where people would show them, hey, now that you are a new person, now that you are a new person in Jesus, now that you have a new identity, this is how you used to speak. You can't speak this way anymore. This is how you used to think. You can't think that way anymore. This is where you used to go. You can't go there anymore. This is how you used to behave. You can't behave that way anymore. This is what you used to do with your money. You can't do that anymore. Not in order to gain God's favor, because that is religion. Religion is you doing things in order to gain faith, in order to gain the approval of God. No, in the relationship with God, you have already been approved by God, already forgiven, already accepted. And out of that place, your faith begins to grow. Now your faith needs to be worked out in how you live, how you move, how you think, how you speak, how you spend your time, how you spend your money, who you spend your time with. All of that is now not in order for God to bring favor on your life. All of that is because now you have a new identity and a new identity requires you to renew your mind so that you don't see what you used to see, think what you used to think, speak what you used to speak, not in order to make you a Christian or a better Christian. You already are a perfect child of God, but in order for you to mature in Christ, in order for you to manifest everything God's given you on the inside. So I want to talk to you just from Joanna's life and point to you and say, hey, this is what is possible as a mirror in front of you and say, hey, as a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what you already are. This is what you already can do. This is already the way you have been wired. And unless somebody shows you that, you can't manifest it because even though it's on the inside, unless your mind is renewed, what is on the inside will never come out on the outside. So I want to just show you from Joanna's life as to what she did because she was on the receiving end of the anointing of the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit. Either this lady was healed from evil spirits or she was healed from infirmities. Whatever it was, she was on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity. So I've got a few points on how Joanna lived And my encouragement to you today is to be like Joanna. Because you see, you may not be here as a person who says, oh, I've got that testimony. The Holy Spirit has set me free from evil spirits. Or you may not be able to say, actually, I've been on the receiving end where the Holy Spirit has set me free from infirmities. Can I say to you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, every single person in this room has a story that is greater than Joanna because you've been set free from sin. You've been set free from being a slave to sin and you are now a child of righteousness. And that miraculous act of the Holy Spirit is greater than and any bit of healing and deliverance you will see anywhere because your life was headed this way and the Holy Spirit came and gave you the gift of Jesus. Now your life is headed completely in the opposite direction. You were a child of wrath, but you have now become a child of righteousness. And if you think you don't have a story like that, let me promise you, your story is way greater than Joanna's story because if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity that is way more miraculous than any bit of healing you've ever seen in your life or on TV. 
You've got to remember that, that the greatest miracle in your life is your salvation when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, and it is not going to get better than that. That is why people who are not satisfied with Jesus will never be satisfied with anything in life. Because it's not going to get any better. If Jesus cannot completely quench every yearning and longing in your life, you will forever be searching for something else and trying to get that to fix your hole that is on the inside. The best miracle, the greatest miracle, the greatest act of the Holy Spirit in the life of any human being is to make that person a child of God. And if you are a child of God, you've got to remember you are a miracle in motion. You are a miracle. I was listening to somebody the other day and they said this. You are a miracle that you often don't celebrate. Just the fact that you are a child of God, that is a miracle. That's worth praising God about. That's worth getting excited about because having Jesus is more than what most people in your world have. And that is a miracle we have to remember. You have, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, being on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity. So what do I mean by being like Joanna? Well, this is what I mean. Look at the group of people that she hung out with. She was actually quite high up in society, if you like. Her husband was a business manager to Herod, and he most probably controlled all of the incomings and the outgoings of, of all the money from Herod's palace. And so she was not a, a poor person. She was probably quite high up in society. And here she is. And the friends that she's hanging out with is this lady called Mary Magdalene who's been possessed by devils. And there's these apostles who are former fishermen. Some of them are former tax collectors. She's hanging around with a bunch of people where normally that wouldn't be her clique. That wouldn't be her club. That wouldn't be the group of people that she would naturally hang out with. And I have always noticed that one of the first things that happens when a person is on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity is that all of a sudden they have a broad heart to hang out with anybody. They don't come to church and think, think about, oh, who do I click with? Who is it that I have chemistry with? Who is it that I get on with? And you always find that in churches, especially, you have cliques and clubs and, and, and twins and triplets where people say, oh, we've got chemistry. And if anything in that chemistry gets broken, something is disturbed. But that really is not how the Holy Spirit works, my friends. The Bible says this, that because of Jesus Christ, there is no longer male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. The first thing that Jesus did is he abolished every barrier there was between human beings and if you are a child of God and if you have been on the receiving end of the Holy Spirit activity I want to point this picture in front of you and say hey you can hang out with people that are different race to you a different color to you different social background to you different race to you different ethnicity different backgrounds it doesn't matter because you see this woman who would have usually or normally hung out with just the elite in the society all of a sudden her friends are called Mary Magdalene her friends are fishermen her friends are tax collectors Jesus is the great uniting force and I want to say to you if you've been on the receiving end of the Holy Spirit activity you want to take it as a challenge in 2020 to go and love somebody that's unlovable to hang out with somebody that doesn't have chemistry the way you've always had chemistry with people break out of your cells and your structures and your systems and your cliques and become friends with somebody that you wouldn't hang out with it's possible that is what God has wired you to be that is what God has made you to be that is what happens when you are on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity 
The Bible says this, what credit is it to you if you love those that love you? Because even the sinners do that. What credit is it? Friendship is not a Christian thing, you know. And if you're a non-Christian, you can be friends with people. So Jesus has this point. He says, what, what's the point if you say, oh, I, there's few people I get on with and they, I love hanging around with them. Well, that doesn't make you a Christian. A non-Christian can do that. Not my words, Jesus' words. But when we are on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity, our hearts become broad. And only in the church can fishermen and business managers from the palace and former tax collectors and former prostitutes all join hands and say, we're all on the same mission. And I wonder whether you will take it as a challenge this year to say, hey, that is who God has made you to be. Can you act out this year like you are a child of God? Because that is possible, my friends. Look at somebody next to you and say, be like Joanna. Come on, tell them. Say, be like Joanna. That's what you got to be. She was on the receiving end of the Holy, of Holy Spirit activity. Here's the other thing I found out about the activity of the Holy Spirit. You see, and that's why I called it the knock-on effects. Because that was not the main effect. Actually, the Holy Spirit came to her. The Holy Spirit, through Jesus, came to her to either set her free from evil spirits or from infirmity. But these were the knock-on effects. This was what's going to happen as a side effect. And like I said, when you were made a child of God, when you put your trust in Jesus, that was the greatest miracle that happened. But there's got to be some knock-on effects that you can't just rest in that. And I want to point out to you what God has already created you to be so that you don't go back like I did to the former place where the fridge was sitting because even though there's been a change, my mind hasn't caught up with the fact that there has been a change. And so you and I sometimes still act as if we have not become children of God and we go back to our cliques and our clubs and who we have chemistry with and say, actually, we got to break out of that. That's no longer who God has made me to be. God has made me to join hands with Mary Magdalene, prostitutes, ex-tax collectors, business people high up in society. We don't differentiate or discriminate. We all hold hands together on a singular mission of Jesus Christ. That's who God's made you to be. The second thing I've noticed about the knock-on effects of the Holy Spirit is this. I don't know if you know what it was like to be a woman in society on that day, in that day and age. Because it was not like today, they had plenty of responsibilities and plenty of pressure that wouldn't be known and seen today. You see from the story that she had a husband, uh, uh, his name was Chusa, he was Herod's household manager. And so here was a woman who was not, I would say, had a lot of time on her hands. She was busy, she was a wife in all probability, she was a mom. In all probability, she had lots of responsibilities. And I remember reading this story and thinking, where on earth do you get time to spend time with Jesus, to go from town to town, village to village, city to city? How did she manage to do that? And I've always found out that one of the knock-on effects of the Holy Spirit is people all of a sudden get this can-do attitude. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. It's not that things are, things are easier. It's not that all of a sudden from 24 hours you become a follower of Jesus Christ and you have 36 hours in the day. You have the same amount of time that everybody else. And then you also have to be a wife and a husband and you've got work and you've got family and you've got children. And on top of that, when there's an opportunity to join in the mission of Jesus, you think, how on earth am I going to juggle these many balls? Or so you can either stand there and sit there and go, oh gosh, this is overwhelming me. Or you 
you can realize that you have been recreated in Christ Jesus and you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And I'm praying that some of you will realize today that one of the knock-on effects of the anointing of the Holy Spirit is for you to realize you can have a can-do attitude rather than live in the stress and the worry of the million things you've got to achieve in a day to rise above that and say, I don't know how this is going to be true, but I feel like God's called me to do this. I've got to be a good husband. I've got to be a good dad. I've got to serve in church. I've got work. I've got commitments in the community. And sometimes life can get a bit overwhelming and you think, I wish there was more time in my day. How many of you ever think, oh gosh, this week, I just wish there was more time. I wish I had more energy. And here is a lady who probably had everything that you had on plus more because of the community and the society she was living with. Yet she walked around with Jesus town to town, city to city, village to village, helping and supporting the ministry of Jesus. And I don't know how it's going to happen. All I know is that when you are under the anointing and the influence of the Holy Spirit, you are able to do more than what is humanly possible, more than what you think is true for your nature and your capacity and your temperament. And God can release you into an area where you begin to function with an energy and capacity and capability. And you look at your own life and say, I can't even believe that is me. God can do that through you and in you. So I want to put that in front of you and say, hey, God's not going to come and enlarge your day. And all of a sudden, miraculously, you've got 30 hours. God's not going to come and take a few things from you that's on your plate if they've all been ordained by God. But what you can do is ask God to say, God, show me who I am in the Holy Spirit, where I'll be able to be the wife of a business manager and have responsibilities in society. And yet, I want to be a support to Jesus' ministry. Somehow, Joanna did it. And I pray that we will be like Joanna. We will understand that there is a possibility for us to say yes to everything God has called us to do. I remember one time I was being really overwhelmed by everything I had. And I said to my wife, I said, I don't think I can take another thing on because there's just way too many things on my plate at the moment. And my wife said to me, very wise words, she said, listen, why don't you go pray and ask God just to show you everything that you're not meant to do. And so you put it all down and you just do the things that God's told you to do. I said, that's good advice. So I went and prayed. I came back and I said, listen, I prayed. And the truth of the matter is everything that I'm currently doing, God has actually called me to do. There's nothing on here that I've taken on where I thought I'm just going to do it because I've got extra time and I remember being thinking okay where do I go now and I remember sitting with this pastor and I was just sharing with him and saying I've just got way too many things on the plate at the moment and I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it and he said listen this is what God is asking of you he's not asking for your how he's asking for your yes he's not asking for your how he's asking for your surrender and he said if God were to say stand up and walk through that wall Your response is not how, your response is yes, Lord. That is what makes you and I a child of God. In fact, it happened like this many years ago. A man called Abraham was just having a conversation with God. And God said to him, hey, Abraham, you're going to have so many children. They're going to be like stars in the sky and sand on the seashore. And this is why Abraham said, yes, Lord. He believed. Sure. The Bible says God credited that to him. As righteousness. And then God said, You see, all this land that you're lying down, I'm going to give that to you as well. And this was Abraham's response How? Not yes, how? How is it that you know, how is it that I know this is going to be true? 
And God said, you and your descendants are going to be slaves for the next 430 years. After that, you will possess this land. That was not credited to him as righteousness. See, sometimes God will come and put the impossible in front of you. And we're often tempted to say, how, Lord? But today, God is not asking for your how. He's asking for your yes. He's asking for your surrender. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Yes, God, but I've got to do this and this. But do you trust him? Yes, Lord, but you know my circumstances. Do you trust him? You know how much little money I have. Do you trust him? You know how little energy I have. Do you trust him? Today, the question to you is, do you trust him? And if you have been on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity, I want to put this in front of you and say to you, you have the capability to say yes to Jesus. You have the capabilities to trust him with your children, with your marriage, with your finance, with your work. Even though there's a million things happening in your world today, make a fresh decision to say, Jesus, I trust you trust you implicitly. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how you're going to work it all out. I don't know how the practicalities are going to pan out, but I trust you. I trust you. Because it is possible that if you've been on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity, you can be like Joanna and simply trust. So they go around from town to town, village to village, and they're doing all of this. And it says this, that many of them, all of these guys, Susanna, Joanna, Mary, they provided for them out of their means. These guys began to fund Jesus' ministry. They began to take the money that they had and give it to Jesus and the apostles and the 12 who were with him. And they began to fund Jesus' ministry. And I know, you know, some of us, when we don't know that God has recreated us in Christ Jesus and God has given us a new identity, like the example I shared earlier, I moved the fridge in my house and even though the fridge is moved, my mind still thinks it's in the old place and so muscle memory makes me go to the old place whereas the fridge is now moved to a new place. And one of the things God has changed for you when you became a follower of Jesus Christ is he made you secure in his identity. He made you secure. He made you secure. He made you secure. Not insecure. He made you secure. Because insecure people can never, ever hang around secure people. Because it will make them feel even more insecure. And if I was insecure, and I remember being the years where I just struggled with insecurity. And if I was Joanna, and if I was funding all the ministry that Jesus was doing, I'd be thinking, why am I not an apostle? This is great, you know. These guys go from town to town, city to city, preaching. And there's just 12 of them who are apostles. And here am I. I'm the person that's funding their travel. What's wrong with me? Why, why can't I be an apostle? We'll read this in Luke chapter 23 and 24 in a minute. We won't go there right now. But you'll find even at the end of Jesus' ministry, when all his apostles, his 12 or 11 at the time, because Judas was no longer part of the team, they all deserted Jesus at crucifixion. And you find Joanna still there at the tomb, preparing spices, getting ready to anoint his body with spices. And here's a woman who is just happy to be secure in what God has got for her to do. Can I just say to you, maybe God will give you an opportunity. And the only opportunity you might have is to bring a bit of money to fund the ministry of Jesus. And you might find people around you who don't even do that, who might be able to do more things than you can do. Can I just say, find your security in Jesus. 
Don't compare yourself with people and say, why is it that I'm doing that and they've got that? Why is it that I'm here and they're there? Why is it that my marriage is like this and they're married? Why is it that I have this much money and they've got? Don't, comparison will kill your joy. Be happy to stay in your lane. Be happy to just be secure in the fact that you're loved and accepted because that is who God has already created you to be. But if you don't know that and if I don't show you that, you will constantly act like the old version of you, but that is not you. You are no longer a slave to fear. You are a child of God and children of God don't mess around comparing themselves with other people and lose your sleep over why they're apostles and you're not. Perhaps all God's going to do with you is to take your money and fund his mission. And if all that's, if, if that's it, then say, yes, Jesus, I'm grateful. That's all Joanna did all through her life. The whole through the three and a half years that Jesus was on earth, that's all she did. Traveled Jesus, said, how can I help? Here's some money. Traveled Jesus, how can I help? Here's some money. Even at the tomb. How can I help the dead body of Jesus? Not because Jesus was going to do anything, but she didn't even know that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. She saw the dead body of Jesus and said, where can I go get some spices? I'm just going to anoint his dead body because she was just, that was what she did. She didn't try and become Peter. She didn't try and become John. She didn't try and become anybody in that group because Jesus has appointed 12 people to be disciples. You see, being on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity makes you secure. So that you can hang around people who are blessed. Church is a funny place, isn't it? Because sometimes you hear testimonies of how God has come through for other people. And you think, what about me? You want to be happy for them. You go, what about me? I've been praying a long time. Nothing's happened. And here's the person saying, "Uh, you know, I just prayed. And gosh, man, in two days this happened. You think, I've been praying for 20 days. Nothing's happened. And sometimes you can't even celebrate them. Obviously, you fake it and you smile and you say, thank you, Jesus, and all that. But in you, you're going, what about me? And every time that insecurity comes up, you think, oh, gosh, that's not me. That's not who God created you to be. Find your security and acceptance and significance in who Jesus is. That is one of the knock-on effects of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit can do in you here's the next thing the holy spirit makes you generous they give they provided for them out of their means provided for them makes you generous jesus didn't ask for it jesus didn't say hey i'm going to heal you of your infirmity i'm going to heal you of the evil spirit but once i do this i want to make sure that for the rest of your life This is what your monthly contribution has to be. No, he's not going to demand that. Can I be just a word of advice to those of you who are watching Christian television? If there's offers on there where you can buy your miracle for a certain amount of money, please stay far away from it. Grace is not for sale. Grace is free, but it's not cheap. It's not cheap. I understand there's value to it. I understand it needs to be valued. But if you think it can be bought because you've suddenly sown a $1,000 seed or a 1,000-pound seed, nothing is going to happen in your life except the emptying of your bank account. So that is the only thing that's going to happen. Okay? But being on the receiving end of the generosity of God provokes you to generosity because you sit there sometimes and think. In fact, one of the people who wrote the bulk of the New Testament, his name was Paul. He wrote 70% of the New Testament, and he put it this way. 
He says, I am indebted to both Jews and Greeks. He said, my ministry is just me trying to pay back debt. Because when I think about how much I've been forgiven and how big God's forgiveness and his love has been for me, I just feel like I've got to somehow pay back the debt. And the only way I can pay back the debt to Jesus is by serving people. So I go around serving people. And so if they're not appreciative, it doesn't matter because I wasn't doing it for them. If they come back and he got whipped and beaten, it doesn't matter because he was not doing it for them. He goes to the next town and then they stone him and he just keeps on preaching because he was not doing it for them. He said, the reason I'm doing it because I'm in debt. I'm indebted to both Jews and Greeks because of the love of God that constrains me. And you see, sometimes you've got to realize that when you've been on the receiving end of Holy Spirit activity, God hasn't called you to be a stingy person worrying about what are you going to eat and what are you going to wear and where is everything going to come from. In fact, the Bible says this, consider the lilies of the field, consider the sparrows in the air, look at them. Even Solomon was not clothed in as much splendor as the lilies of the field. Do not worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear. God knows this and you are of more value and worth than the sparrows of the air. And today you've got to realize in your heart, you have been on the receiving end of the greatest miracle of your life. You are a miracle you are not celebrating. You are a miracle you're not recognizing. You are a miracle that you're blindsided to. You are a miracle you're not even aware of. The greatest miracle in your life is you and the fact that you have trust in Jesus and if God can do that in your life he'll take care of your food he'll take care of your clothes he'll take care of your bills he'll take care of your tomorrow he'll do it he'll take care of it he'll take care of it in fact the same man Paul he said these words he said if God did not withhold his son but gave himself up for us will he not also give everything else My paraphrase, if God could kill his son for you, he'd do anything. He'd do anything. And when you are aware of that, can I make it a challenge to some of you that this year you live generous lives. You you live with a generous spirit. You find out people in your community or in your society or even in here, people who need things and give and share and think actually... I've been on the receiving end of so much good. I ought to give. I ought to give. That's the way the Holy Spirit has recreated you. We've got time just for a couple more and I'll stop there. Let's read this from Luke chapter 23. This is the beginning of Joanna's activity with Jesus. We come to the end of her life with Jesus on earth. And then we don't know anymore. Luke chapter 23, verse 55 and 56. Luke chapter 23, verse 55 and 56. And we'll read through into Luke chapter 24 and continue. This is what it says. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. 
And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, and that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. Verse 9, And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Look at the apostles' response. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. So right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Joanna is there giving his, her money as, Joanna, as Jesus starts his tour of the cities and villages. Now here's the dead Jesus. He can't preach anymore. He can't heal the sick anymore. He's in the tomb. Joanna has no idea that Jesus is going to rise again. So she says, well, the best thing I can do, I suppose, is go get some spices and, and embalm his body. So she goes home with her friends, prepares a few spices, comes with these spices to the tomb. All of a sudden, they see that the stone in front of the tomb is rolled away, and all these spices they had prepared is now wasted. Back in the day, I promise you, spices were not cheap. They were expensive. But here's the thing I love about the Joanna spirit. The Joanna spirit is always proactive, not reactive. They're always thinking, what can I do next? How can I serve next? What can I do next? Nobody told her to go and prepare spices. Nobody told her to wake up early on Sunday morning. Nobody told her to get her friends together and do this. No. You see, she was wrong. The body did not need anointing. But I'd rather have somebody who is wrong and proactive than somebody who is lazy and always needs to be pushed to do the next thing. Because I believe God will honor something of your proactiveness even though you get it wrong. In fact, many, many, many months earlier, Jesus said his body had already been anointed for burial when a sinful woman came and poured alabaster oil on his body. And she said, he said publicly, this woman has anointed my body for burial. So that was already done. And Joanna didn't really need to come with spices and all those spices that she brought, she didn't use. But at least she got to see two angels who shared with her the news of resurrection. And that is one of the things I love about the Joanna spirit. They're proactive and they try and they make mistakes and they, they, they just do, they're just trying to do the best they can to serve in the best possibility they can rather than sit back and go, uh, I wonder what, 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 I wonder what's next. I wonder what Jesus wants me to do next. No, actually, just, just, just do whatever it is your hand finds to do. Just serve in whatever opportunities in front of you. Meet whatever need is in front of you. Say, be kind to whoever is in your circle. Pray for the people that you do know. Share about Jesus with the people that you do know. Pray with the people that you do know. Just, just do something where you are proactive and rather than being lazy because you never know Even though it might be a wrong move, God might somehow use that for you to be on the receiving end of the resurrection news. You see, these women were the first people to realize that Jesus has risen from the dead. And you know how they got that opportunity? They got that opportunity because they were proactive people. They got that opportunity because they thought, you know what, it's early Sunday morning, rather than sit at home, we're going to just step out and do something. And they happened to get to a place where they were on the receiving end. I can't tell you the number of times I have heard story after story from people's lives where they took a step and it was not necessarily the best move, 
But it was just because they just had the best intention in their heart and they just wanted to serve. And even though it was not correct, somehow God in his mercy will align things so that it works together for your good. Can I just say to you, let 2020 not be a lazy year. Let 2020 not be a year where you waste further time on social media and sit back and spend all sorts of time doing things that will not profit your life. Why don't you just reevaluate your priorities and say, God has recreated me in Christ Jesus. Jesus to be a child of God and I'm going to make my time count and I'm going to serve and bless and be a blessing because God has been a blessing to me. Be like Joanna. That's who Jesus made you to be. You've been on the receiving end of a greater miracle than Joanna. God has made you to be a child of God. Look at verse 11. It's up on the screen. This is my last point. These words, these are the 11 apostles now, by the way, these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. I was reading this verse in another version and it says this, this news seemed like nonsense to them. I wonder what Joanna would have felt when she spent all her life giving money to Jesus' ministry only to find out the treasurer was a thief. She kept giving. And you read in Luke chapter 8, which is where we started, it says the 12 were with him. Now we realize it's the 11 with him. Because the 12th man that's no longer with them is the treasurer who was a thief. Can you imagine what Joanna would have felt saying, hey, I, it was me that I gave into that treasury. You're telling me that man stole the money I gave to Jesus' ministry and now he's gone and he's no longer part of the team? Do you know what? For most of us, that's enough for us to turn back. I served and, and the last time I served, you've never realized what happened to me. You're no longer a slave to fear. That's not how you're supposed to act. You're a child of God. You're not doing it for them. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. What would you feel like if... All the apostles deserted Jesus. They don't even have the guts to stand with him. And these women are following Jesus, following Jesus in the middle of the night. They find out he's crucified. They're still watching. And this guy called Joseph goes and requests for permission for Jesus' body to be buried in his tomb. They're still watching. Luke chapter 23, they say they watched where Jesus' body was buried. So nobody even knows where Jesus' body is buried except these three women. None of the apostles, the Peters, the John, the Jameses, the big shots are there. They've all fled the scene. These guys are and they come and say hey guys listen we have seen two angels they were they were just dazzling they were dazzling white and they said you remember the words that Jesus spoke that he was going to die and rise, rise again yeah listen it happened Jesus is risen from the dead and the apostles look at Joanna and say nonsense that's enough for most of us in this room to stop serving isn't it never realize how they treated me the last time I shared that's because your foundation is not in the right place. You're a child of God. Keep serving. Keep loving. Keep believing. Keep going. Even to the very end, Joanna kept going. Joanna kept going. I want to read this to you that probably... You may have 
you may have read or you may have heard me read before and these are the words by mother teresa and she said this people are often unreasonable irrational and self-centered forgive them anyway if you are kind people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives be kind anyway if you are successful you will win some unfaithful friends and find some genuine enemies succeed anyway if you are honest and sincere people may deceive you be honest and sincere anyway what you spend years creating others could destroy overnight create anyway if you find serenity and happiness some will become jealous be happy anyway the good you do today will often be forgotten tomorrow do good anyway give the best you have and it might never be enough give your best anyway because you see in the final analysis it is between you and god it was never between you and them anyway it wasn't it wasn't between you and them it was between you and god anyway be like joanna you've been on the receiving end of far more than joanna has you've become a child of god joanna did not have the holy spirit on the inside of her at the time that she was doing this i'm sure that she might have been one of the people maybe weeks later she was in this room and the holy spirit came and started to live on the inside and was baptized with the holy spirit she was definitely a person who had faith in jesus but at the time where that had not yet happened she was able to live in a place where she says you know it's about me and my love for jesus and i'm going to serve anyway and she was there till the very end not starting and quitting there till the very end and i wonder what you need to just challenge yourself to do this year not in order to gain god's favor god's favor is already on you not in order to gain god's love god's love is already on you actually what is the one thing you can challenge yourself to do so your mind can be renewed and say hey this is no longer who i am this is god god has called me to be maybe you need to give maybe you need to serve maybe you need to just break out of your circle and love somebody that you think you're not comfortable loving maybe you just need to be like joanna and say you know what i'm going to have a can do attitude this year even though i've got a lot of responsibilities i'm going to say yes to jesus and the last thing i'm going to do is when i meet people tell them how busy i am what i did on monday what i did on tuesday have you met those people you talk to them and you're exhausted by the time you listen to how their week has gone and you're thinking listen God God has called you and and you know his burden is easy and his yoke is light and I know you've got a lot of things to do but you can do it you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and that's who God has called you to be I'm not saying this is what you need to become I'm saying this is who you already are your mind has to be renewed to know that hey that's not me that's not me this is who I am be like Joanna be like Joanna this is who I am Close your eyes with me for a moment. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that every person here has been on the receiving end of your generous love. Some of us know it, some of us don't know it. If you are here and you do not know the love of Jesus, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. 
And if you will say yes to him, that is the greatest miracle that can ever happen in your life. It is a greater financial it is greater than any financial miracle. It is greater than any physical miracle. It is greater than any sense of healing and deliverance. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, that will be the greatest miracle of your life and it will continue to be the greatest story of your life. So in your own simple words, say, "Lord, I trust you to make me your child." And for the rest of us who are here who are followers of Jesus Christ I want to challenge you today do you know that God has anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit to go about doing good and heal diseases and cast out devils in fact one of the things he has anointed Jesus to do is to be your savior and when you said yes to Jesus you became a child of God you now have the righteousness of Jesus Christ and that is the greatest miracle in the history of the human race you are on the receiving end of the anointing and the activity and the power and the presence of the holy spirit you are forgiven and you are now a child of God recreated in Christ Jesus for good works recreated in Christ Jesus for good works if anybody is in Christ Jesus you are a new creation behold everything that is old is gone everything now is brand new you have the capability to love people who do not love you you have the capability even at the end of our time here today to go walk across the room say hello to somebody that you would not usually say hello to You have the capability to start a new friendship circle this year with people you might not hang out with usually because Jesus has recreated you to do that. You have the capability this year to give more than you've ever given before and to stop worrying about what you will eat and what you will drink and what you will wear. Jesus cares for you and you can trust him. You can trust him. You have the capability this year to say yes to whatever Jesus brings to your plate. Yes, you may have a marriage to look after, you may have kids to look after. Maybe a husband or wife, you may have work and you think God, how can I add another thing to my plate? I don't know the answer to that, but you can trust him and you can give him your yes. Give him your yes this year to say Lord, yes to your will, yes to your plan, yes to your call, yes to your voice, yes to your will in my life. Thank you that this is who we've been recreated to be. Thank you that we will have longevity in our lives. That we will not be people who start and then flutter and, and then splutter and then stop, but Lord, we will keep going even to the very end, not because of what it will gain us, Lord, but because of the realization that we have received so much and so now we are in debt to serve and to live and to give.